the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Through the prayers of December 24 and into Christmas Eve, so much of the liturgical voice speaks in the future tense, asking the Lord to come, right? Come, Lord Jesus, is a refrain that we hear um, in the sacred liturgy during this time of Advent, and even in these in the initial hours of the celebration of Christmas. And so one meditation yesterday that I suggested was to remember that at Christmas time, we we don't just remember. Uh, We can't treat the birth of Christ simply as the most important historical event in all of human history. It is that. If you think of the birth as, you know, the incarnation, meaning from annunciation all the way to um, ascension, that event, that is the most important event in all of human history. However, if we regard it as a moment of history, we've already lost much of what God is offering us. Because we are not simply recollecting something that happened that needs to be remembered. And so it's especially uh, helpful to, th- to hear the prayers of the church speak of the coming of the Lord in the future tense, even though we do know that he's already come. But it's especially helpful to hear the prophets speak of the coming of our Lord in the present tense. So these are words we heard in Handel's Messiah sung so beautifully last night and that we've seen already in the sacred liturgy. And just just hear the words, focus so much on the words that you forget who, who wrote them, what book they come from, and think if it really, does it sound like the Old Testament or the New Testament? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Upon those who dwell in the land of gloom, a light has shone, for a child is born to us. A son is given us. Upon his shoulder, dominion rests. They name him Wonder Counselor, God Hero, Father Forever, Prince of Peace. The birth of the Savior is described in the present tense. A child is born to us. A son is given us. It sounds like the New Testament. It sounds like Christ already is here. And so as we follow that meditation of of the coming of Christ being spoken of 800 years earlier by the prophet Isaiah in the present tense, obviously we hear what it means to be a prophet, to speak with the voice of God. And we also realize what it means to be a believer connecting to the sacred mystery. It's not just the event of Christ having come, but God is coming now. God is now coming into my life. God is now coming to us on the altar. The coming of Christ, the birth of Christ, is not merely an historical event. And so we we continued further with that, that As we hear the voice of God the Father expressing his love for God the Son, which happens eternally, we hear it at the baptism and at the transfiguration. 
And we're drawn to this mystery of God made visible, God made audible, God made tangible for many reasons. So that there is a a body to die on the cross. There's a body to suffer for us. But sonship through Christ was predestined. This is the culmination of all of creation. This is how humanity is being lifted up to realize its potential, its potency. Our Lord reveals the love of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit and brings us into this, not just by an idea, but as human beings properly do, which is to say, as body and soul. I even mentioned last night that uh, someone who I don't know took offense, not offense, made some critical remarks about our Misa Aurea this past Wednesday, which, by the way, was glorious, and we will have it next year, um, December 18, 2019, probably 4.30 in the morning again. It was just over an hour long, so I don't want to squeeze the 6.30 mass. But we should have the other version of it, the Rorate Celi votive mass of Advent on the first Saturday and the second Saturday of Advent next year. Just remind me in October uh, so we don't forget. And the, and the critical comment <clears throat> was along these lines, that we need to be careful about indulging the senses too much, and that can be a distraction, because remember, God is spiritual, therefore worship should be spiritual, which, to, you know, and I don't even claim to be a theologian, but that, that sounds like someone's forgotten the whole mystery of the incarnation. We worship God in body and soul. God will be worshipped after the resurrection of the dead, by body and soul, human beings resurrected. God comes into the world, becomes incarnate, not just to die on the cross, but to reveal something something even more profound about, about God's love for us and the dignity of being man, male and female. So, but now we wake up and it's Christmas morning. And whether we think of our Lord's birth as in the present tense, which is great, or still only in the past tense, as limited as that is, most of us have woken up to the reality that I'm still me, and the mess has not gone away. The world is still fallen. Bad things are still happening. Some of my favorite people are still dying. Children are still getting cancer. People are still breaking apart. Well, listen to more of Isaiah chapter 9, which proclaimed to us 2,800 years ago, a child is born to us, a son is given us. And all the people of Ephraim shall know, and the inhabitants of Samaria that say in the pride of haughtiness of their heart, the bricks are fallen down, but we will build with square stones. 
They have cut down the sycamores, but we will change them for cedars. And the Lord shall set up the enemies of Razan over him and shall bring on his enemies in a crowd the Syrians from the east and the Philistines from the west, and they shall devour Israel with open mouth. For all this, his indignation is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. And the people are not returned to him who hath struck them and have not sought after the Lord of hosts. And the Lord shall destroy out of Israel the head and the tail, him that bendeth down and him that holdeth back in one day, the aged and honorable, he is the head, and the prophet that teacheth lies, he is the tail. And they that call this people blessed shall cause them to err. And they that are called blessed shall be thrown down headlong. Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall he have mercy on their fatherless and widows. For every one is a hypocrite and wicked, and every mouth hath spoken folly. For all this his indignation is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For wickedness is kindled as a fire, shall devour the briar and the thorn, and shall kindle in the thicket of the forest, and it shall be wrapped up in smoke ascending on high. But the wrath of the Lord of hosts, the land is trouble, and the people shall be as fuel for the fire. No man shall spare his brother, and he shall turn to the right hand and shall be hungry. And shall eat on the left hand and shall not be filled. Every one shall eat the flesh of his own arm. Manassas, Ephraim, and Ephraim, Manassas. And they together shall be against Judah. After all these things, his indignation is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. That's Isaiah chapter 9, proclaiming a child is born to us, a son is given us. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything's going to be fixed. All will go back to the way it should be. Your problems have ceased. If it took courage to believe, if it took courage to trust the word of the angel, it's going to take that much more courage after the child is born. Mary and Joseph, now all of a sudden realize that not only is the world in merely darkness, the world is now turned against them. So if last night the meditation was on Christ coming presently because he comes to me because I still believe and acknowledge that he is God. And my mission then is to communicate that love to others by using a prophetic voice and speaking on behalf of God. Not only telling people that they're beautiful and that God loves them. Today, the meditation leads us to consider that Christ is come and the world is still fallen. Our mission then is to show that 
Christ came, in fact, as king to govern and to rule. Christ didn't come into the world to say, wow, this really is bad. Just just get through it, and it'll be better afterwards. No, he comes to be king and ruler now, prince of peace. And there will be those individuals and those families and those communities that permit Christ to govern them. And there we will find peace. The message then isn't simply to inform other people that Christ has come and everything's bad, but you should obey him. Rather, it's to embody the mystery. Christ has come and Christ reigns here. That's why there is peace. And this peace isn't simply the fruit of really trying hard just to always obey his commands. But it's the kind of peace that reveals that heaven has come down to earth and flesh is reconciled to God. God and man are one, not just in Christ, but even here. It's in this part of the heavenly kingdom where it is easier to be good than to be bad. It's this heart that has been won over to virtue where it would take more effort to offend God than it would to continue to please him, partly because the hard work of training ourselves has already been done. It always requires effort. But it's not a frantic effort anymore. It's the peace of knowing that God is honored here. God's word is respected here. God's presence is venerated here. So if last night I encouraged you to consider how some people might not believe anymore because they've only been told that God loves them and that God made them beautiful as opposed to being told in the first person how beautiful they are and how much they're loved. Now we, we also recognize that some people don't believe because they've, they've never met a saint. They've never encountered a piece of creation where God seems to govern, where things are as they ought to be. So the solution isn't some sort of some sort of indifference where we'll just do the right thing and ignore everything bad around us, but suffering all the more because of the bad that is, nevertheless, where 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 God reigns, peace rules. A great lesson of the last twenty-four hours has been that sacred music expresses this in sacred verse often so much better. And so it seems to me that that hymn, Joy to the World, expresses it in just a few, a few lines. You don't, 
have to read it aloud, but you might want to refer to these words later on. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace, makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.